Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. And welcome once again to our podcast, Always Abounding. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, that is what this podcast is all about, encouraging Christians to always abound in the work of the Lord. And remember, always abound means to be above average. Uh, not settling for the status quo, but always looking for more and more opportunities to serve the Lord and be involved in reaching this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, this is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, and a missionary in Uganda, East Africa for the last 26 years, and uh, right now here in the United States of America. Uh, you heard in our last podcast, we had to uh, bring my wife back uh, for eye surgery. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all of you that have been praying for her. Uh, I've received emails and phone calls and texts of uh, different people that have been praying for her. And uh, we sure appreciate that very, very, very much. Um, we have one more uh, visit with a doctor uh, as a follow-up uh, to her surgery. And if everything goes well there, uh, then Lord willing, in a week or so, we'll be able to return back to Uganda. And uh, so we are really, really looking forward to that. Uh, been receiving some good reports from Uganda as well. Uh, in our town church there, Masaka Independent Baptist Church, Pastor Paul Serenjoji uh, is letting me know that uh, things are going very well in the church there, as well as our other churches up in the Northeast, uh, in Kalido and the areas around there. And you know, it's, it's a blessing to me uh, to be able to come back. And again, this, uh, this trip to the United States was not something that we had planned. Uh, it was something that just happened, uh, but it's a blessing to be able to uh, come back to the United States knowing that uh, the, the ministries there are in good hands and the nationals there are doing a great job and uh, I am so excited about what the Lord is doing with them. So please pray for us and uh, pray as we finalize things uh, here in the United States as we try to get some uh, last minute supplies uh, together to, to take back. And uh, then as soon as we get back, uh, starting in, in the month of March, uh, we're going to kind of get settled, uh, getting things back in February. Then the month of March, uh, we're going to start full swing back in the ministry. We've got uh, several trips up north uh, that we're going to be taking, as well as uh, ministering and helping to the different churches around the Masaka region as well. So I'm excited about getting back to work. And uh, so please pray for us if you would there. We had a great time. Uh, in uh, being in our home church here at Capital City, we had the opportunity of uh, hosting, or I should say our church had the opportunity of hosting uh, Dr. Don Sisk, uh, who is uh, the, uh, who used to be the director of BIMI, as well as uh, Dr. Snyder and his wife uh, were also there at the same time. And uh, just being able to catch up with them and uh, fellowship with them a little bit, uh, getting uh, to know them a little bit more and uh, had a sweet time of fellowship with them and the reports that I heard we had to leave early uh, we weren't able to be there for the whole time but uh, the reports that I got uh, they did a great job there and uh, it was just such a blessing uh, to be able to fellowship with them 
Uh, I could not uh, come back to the States. Now, maybe I could, but my wife could not uh, come back to the States without uh, coming up and seeing our granddaughter. And uh, so we made plans. Uh, as you know, uh, Sally had to uh, take a couple of weeks. Uh, she was uh, not able to fly uh, two weeks after the surgery. And so we said, you know what, uh, while she's recovering and, and why we're able to do this, we're gonna drive up here to Ohio and uh, see our granddaughter and spend some time with our oldest son, Shane, and uh, his wife, Rachel. And uh, so we've been up here for the last couple of days, and uh, that is where I'm currently uh, doing this podcast right here in Eaton, Ohio, uh, which is uh, just a little bit west of the town of Dayton. And uh, so it's exciting to be able to be here. Uh, but also here is uh, my brother, uh, Andrew Stensis, and uh, my son, uh, Shane, uh, works in the church here and uh, helps out in the ministry and involved in the ministry here. And so it's a great opportunity not only to come up and see our son and, and his family, but also to see my brother and his family as, and catch up on some things. So that was an unexpected uh, blessing and a great opportunity to be with him. And uh, if you remember, uh, about, I think, four or five podcasts ago, uh, we did an interview with uh, Pastor Busolo John. And a uh, great interview. We had a lot of hits on that, uh, on that podcast. And uh, just a great interview as far as uh, understanding the uh, relationship or understanding the challenges of a national taking over a work that has been established by a foreign missionary and uh, we went through a lot of uh, different uh, philosophies and teachings and and uh, tried to come up with a biblical idea of how to make that transition uh, just a bit smoother. Now you've had the opportunity on this podcast to meet my father, uh, you've had the opportunity to meet my mother, and uh, you've had the opportunity to meet uh, my children, uh, my family, uh, my uh, uh, my other brother, Matt, from, uh, from Cassese, uh, we had the opportunity to meet with him. Uh, but today, since I'm up here in Ohio and I had the opportunity to spend some time with my brother, Andrew, um, I asked him if we could do this podcast together. So, Andrew, the youngest brother, it is great to be here. Thank you. It's great to be here as well, since, so, I, live, since I live here. Yeah. <laughs> So, Andrew, tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing here. What what is what is Eaton, uh, Ohio, about? What is the church? What 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 are you involved with here in uh, in Eaton, Ohio? Uh, well, I mean, I'm the pastor of the church here. Been pastoring here for uh, almost ten years. It'll be ten years in April. And uh, of course, we were missionaries there in Uganda uh, before, and uh, then. Uh, How long were you in Uganda? Uh, we were there for ten years. Ten years. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, so then my home church where my wife grew up, uh, the pastor was wanting to retire. And so uh, in 2010, they asked us to come back and take over the church. Um, and that was on a furlough. We went back to Uganda for another term uh, and just praying about what God's direction would be for us. And um, then in 2012, made the transition and came back uh, to the States and took over uh, pastoring here in, in America. So I'm, I'm the pastor of the church, um, and God's really blessed the 10 years. Our church has grown. We've, um, we've doubled in size, and um, our missions program is just really uh, taking off. Um, we have a Bible institute that we have on Monday nights uh, that we teach uh, folks in our church. 
And uh, man, uh, still obviously involved in the ministry back in Uganda with the radio station that's there. Um, and then also we have our fingers in the fire of different things around here, um, something called the American Gospel Project, mm-hmm. where we're trying to mail out John and Romans to every home in different counties, uh, starting with ours around here. Um, and, uh, and then all of that, we decided that um, we needed to get another building and mm-hmm. build a new building as well. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we're kind of in the process of uh, a building phase uh, we don't have a building um, or land yet, but uh, we're trying to look at that. We've made an offer on a building, also looking at other pieces of land as well. But uh, mm-hmm. the church is growing, and uh, we're just running out of space. So, yeah. Now, my my pastor, uh, you know him, Pastor Adam Thompson, he was a missionary in Argentina, then he was a missionary in Mexico, and then uh, with the passing of his father, um, he is, his father asked him to come back and pastor the church. and. He made this statement to me one time. He says, he says, any missionary that would willingly come off the field to pastor in the United States of America is sick in the head. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> explain to us, and I know you know what he feels like. Yeah. Um, what, were, what were some of the challenges uh, that you faced uh, having spent 10 years on the mission field in Uganda, a third world country, and uh, then coming and finding yourself pastoring in a what we call a first world country with totally different mentality totally different way of you know you never know what's going to happen when a new pastor comes in so we were praying you know for all this time um and that's what's really crazy about it is when pastor hill asked me to do it it was like no that there's no way yeah Uh, because you know i've grown up on the mission field we're missionaries and we were actually even praying about even going to another country in africa Mm -hmm. and so there was just no way that we were ever going to come back, and um, it was just the farthest thing from our mind. And then the Lord began to really uh, direct us through some things that happened here, mm-hmm. uh, through things that happened there. Even with uh, Pastor John, of course, uh, he was taking over as pastor there. Uh, so God just kind of opened the door and and really directed us back. And so uh, it was really crazy thinking that for 12 years, my wife and I were praying for ourselves. Wow as the next pastor. Because <laughs> um, you knew all along that day was coming. Yeah, we knew yeah. that there was going to be a transition. Mm-hmm. Um, we just never expected that we would be the ones stepping in to mm-hmm. fill that position. So, um, so yeah, but when we came back in, in 2012, um, you know, I think up till that time, other than the time that I we had spent on debutation, I had probably lived in America for about six, seven years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, wa- I am an American. I right. was an American, but I didn't know American culture. I didn't know how to mm-hmm. talk to Americans, preaching to Americans. I mean, I, you know, we preached missions, mm-hmm. but preaching every week, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, is much different than just coming in to an American church and preaching missions. Mm-hmm. So just learning how to preach to Americans yeah. um, and learning that the innuendos and things that Ugandans would understand Right. Americans do not. Right. So just learning how kind to... Kind of a reverse, a reverse culture yeah. uh, adaptation. Yeah, it, it really was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the church, I'm, I've, i i got to say, the church was very, very gracious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, and they were just very patient with me. Um, and so I would say it probably took about a year, a year and a half to try to make that whole transition from being a missionary to being a pastor. Yeah. 
So let's start in, in Uganda. What, uh, what was your biggest challenge um, when you found out, when, when you settled in your heart that God was moving your family back here? What was the biggest challenge that you faced in making that transition to national leadership on that side? Um, well, when we had, because we were in 2010, we were already on a furlough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when, of course, Pastor Hill asked us to come back. But during that furlough, um, and even before that, um, we had the church in Uganda uh, had voted for Pastor John to be the assistant pastor. So he had been the assistant pastor for probably about six months or so before we took the furlough. Mm. Um, and then, of course, when we left, everything was, was under his care. Um, and then when we came back, you know, he had done really well during that time of being gone. Um, and it was probably about four or five months after we were back that we had the church go ahead and vote that he would become the next pastor mm-hmm. um, because he had just done a great job. Uh, and of course, you know, he's from that area. He knows the yeah. people and all that. So um, the transition of pastoring in Uganda was not difficult because John was there mm-hmm. and he was, um, you know, he was ready to become the pastor. Um, the that, biggest that's transition. Yeah. Uh, let me just interrupt you yeah. there for a second. Um, when we just had our BIMU uh, Baptist International Mission of Uganda mission conference, uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, Pastor Adam was talking to the missionaries over there, and he says that one of the greatest faults of missionaries is that they do not plan for transition. They think they're mm-hmm. going to be there forever, right. and and so then when something comes up that I have to go back because of health reasons, I have to go back because of uh, political unrest, whatever, and nothing's set in place... Mm-hmm. For transition and I don't know every country but I, I know in Uganda that a vast majority of the missionaries that I know there good missionaries I love them all but very few of them are in a position where they are they are ready for transition and what you're saying is is very interesting because even before you knew you were coming back here you had already started that transition process is that right yeah um, so even so, the whole purpose, uh, of course, before we came back on furlough, uh, Pastor John was voted in the church to be the assistant pastor. And now, obviously, Pastor John did not know what my plans right. were, but obviously, my plans were that after furlough, if he's able to do well as the pastor while we're gone, then there's no need for me to come back in and take over. Well, yeah, why step back? Yeah, yeah. if he, if he's <laughs> yeah. done it for a year while I've been gone, or for eight months, or whatever it was. Why do I need to come back in and say, okay, I'm back? Um, and so that's what we did. When, when we came back, even, even to the people, I said, you know, look, don't, don't keep calling me Pastor Andrew. Right. Um, because I haven't been your pastor for the past eight months, nine months. Right. Pastor John has been. And so he's, he's going to be the guy stepping in here. Yeah. He's going to be the pastor. Even though at that time I was still titled as the pastor yeah. or senior pastor, whatever you want to call it, and John was the assistant pastor, but the whole plan was that once we got back, we were going to make this transition and reverse roles. Right. And that's what we did. We reversed roles. He became the pastor. I became his assistant. Right. And I wanted the people know that I had as much confidence and trust in him as anybody. And that's a key. Yeah, absolutely. That's a key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you, you know John. John is just fabulous. He is a mm-hmm. great guy, um, loves the Lord. And, um, you know, obviously 
the tran the way the transition worked, um, you know, I, I know it was a shock to our church mm-hmm. and to John when we said, you know, we feel like the Lord's leading us back. I mean, believe me, it was a shock yeah, to he, us. He told us about um, that. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I, I remember sitting in the church with him uh, and we were sitting on the benches and I said, John, I, I've got to tell you something. I, I really believe, you know, we've prayed about this. I've battled with it. Um, I, I know during that whole, it was about six months that we were back. Um, I remember getting counsel from Eric Bowman. I talked to you. Mm-hmm. I talked to some other missionaries. I talked to some pastors here in the States because this just was not what I wanted. Right. I wanted to remain on the mission field. But yet, I mean, everything was leading and showing that God was leading us away. Right. And I really tried to fight it um, for about six months. And then finally, I had, uh, through things that were happening here, uh, because Pastor Hill, every month, was calling me saying, well... What's what do you what's 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 the decision? What's going right, on? Right. And and I didn't have an answer for him. Um, and so finally, when when I we we made that decision, and I, I sat with Pastor John in the church there, and I said, I believe the Lord's leading us to go back to the states. I mean, um, Ugandans don't normally turn white. Yeah. But he turned white. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. the the color drained from his face, and and it was a shock. Yeah. I mean, again, it was a shock to us. Yeah. Um, but. But man, he he stepped up, and um, brother Michael there, of course, as we were trying to get the radio station started, and that was that was really the biggest obstacle that we had because right. we had come back to start the radio station, mm-hmm. and then now the Lord's calling us out, right? And we had raised all the money for the radio station and knew that this is what God wanted, and again, God just did some miraculous things mm-hmm. in leading us to Charles, who is the guy that we rent the tower from, who has several radio stations and TV stations, and led us to him um, so that we could use his tower, uh, which is up on top of the mountain, that right. we can just broadcast throughout the whole eastern part of Uganda and western right. Kenya. Right. Um, and then even how fast we were able to get the, uh, the license and the frequency, mm. uh, it was just, it really was a miracle of how fast all of that took place in those last six months mm. that we were there. Uh, and then, of course, Michael basically getting a crash course yeah. <laughs> on how to run a radio station, right. never running a radio station before. Right. Uh, and so God just brought the, the right people through Pastor John mm-hmm. uh, and, and Brother Michael there with the church and with the radio. Uh, and just God's just and they, they, they call me, you know, Michael calls and Pastor John will call, you know, thank you, Pastor, for, for standing with us. And I'm like, guys, it's you. Yeah. I'm not, you guys are doing it, you yeah. know. You guys have continued faithfully in the church and with the radio and, and through opposition and trials and things. It's, it's not me. Yeah. God's using you. And he found out that there were several men that he thought were trustworthy that were really followers of the missionary. Right. And, uh, and he told us that that was one of his biggest challenges was finding out that not everybody was there for the right reason. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, he had to come to grips with that. But God has brought in men that are following him as their pastor mm-hmm. and, and, and doing very well there. And I've just, I've, you know, mission fields are apples and oranges. And you, there is a basic tenet of missions philosophy that runs throughout Scripture. And, uh, and I think it is very important. But I think one of the biggest mistakes that missionaries make many times, and, and I've seen this over and over in Uganda, I've seen it in our ministry, um, you saw it a little bit in your ministry, is when missionaries go to the field with the intention of pastoring, 
And, and when they go with that intention of pastoring with, with, without the intention of transition, um, it just really has a negative effect on our ministries because the ministries and the churches and everything are being patterned and they're following after a missionary's philosophy and principles. Uh, and then when that missionary leaves, the person falling behind realizes, I don't have the same resources the missionary right. had. I don't have the same abilities the missionary had. And, uh, and so I've really been encouraging missionaries when they come to the field to pray that God gives them a man and, and not work over them, but work with them mm -hmm. in, in establishing the ministries, establishing the churches, uh, so that we're not going in there with, so in other words, so we're going in there with the, the mentality from the, from the very beginning that I am not here to stay. Right. I am here to help this get started, but transition is our goal from, from day one. Right. And yeah. that's got to be the philosophy. And, and I, I think that helped you all out. Yeah, I mean, obviously growing up there, you know, seeing dad in the ministry and things, um, there were a lot of things that I was able to learn. And from, from day one, even how we, and again, people might think this is really nothing, but knowing, and of course, you, you know how a third world country is, you know how Africa is, any day something can happen mm -hmm. and you can be kicked out of the country or a coup d'etat or something. So you're always ready to leave. So coming in with the mindset that not only am I wanting to, am I able to leave if I need to, but at the same time, if I leave, I'm not going to leave this huge gap. Right. Right. So even, you know, even in our giving, like when we gave to the church, mm -hmm. right, we, we took, um, and again, I, I know missionaries have a different philosophies about this and that's mm -hmm. fine, but we took, we looked at our people and said, all right, what is the average that people are giving? Yeah. And that's what we gave as mm -hmm. missionaries. Because we wanted to be able to say, if we had to step out, mm -hmm. it's not like the missionary was giving everything in the offering. Right, right. When we, when we did our faith promise, mm -hmm. we did the same thing. All right, what is, what is kind of an average that people could give for faith promise? And that's what we gave. Now, we still tithe to our church here in America. Mm -hmm. We still gave faith promise to our church here in America. So we were actually doing it twice. Right. We were giving it here and there, mm -hmm. but we were doing it there as if we were a Ugandan. Right. So that if we ever had to step out, mm -hmm. there's not these thousands and thousands of dollars that are being given to the offering that are now all of a sudden gone. Right. Right. right? Um, and and so yeah, obviously we were in it. We were in town in Bali, and at that time, in Bali was the third largest town. Uh, in Uganda, I know that they, I think they've made it a city now. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where yeah. it's at as far as the, the the population, but you know, obviously, it would be very difficult for um, for the Ugandans to build a church in town. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, yes, as far as like the building, uh, much of the building fund, uh, much of the building was paid for by us. Mm -hmm. um, but we tried to get them to to work with it, to work in it, um, mm -hmm. to help and, and, you know, to buy a certain amount of bricks and cement and things like that. Um, but even without the building, if they don't have a building and we stepped out, mm -hmm. they could have still they could have still carried on. Right. Um, you know, we uh, we first started in a little house that we were renting from a Muslim uh, sheik. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was really nervous when we we went to rent the house from him because he's this. He's this imam here in in Mbali who's you know 
he's a Hajj and he's gone to Mecca and done all these different uh, pilgrimages and things. And we're going to rent his house to start a church. Yeah. And I wanted to be very upfront with him about it. Um, and so I, I'm sitting in his office and uh, I said, Hodge, I said, we, you know, we want to rent your house. Oh yeah, that's great. You know, uh, I said, well, I, you know, I, we want to rent your house because we're going to use it for a church, you know, and I'm sitting across from sweating, you know, he's going to mm-hmm. be like, he's going to kick me out of his office. And he's like, yeah, okay. So I said, you understand I'm a missionary here and we're going to start a church. We're going to yeah. be, be a Christian church. He said, Andrew, as long as you pay your rent, I don't care what you do with the house. <laughs> right. Was that the one that had the steps going up to it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, the first place that. that we had. Yeah. Um, but, and that's where, that's where John, you know, John mm-hmm. met us there um, and, and many of the others as well. But, you know, even from, from that first meeting, from that first building, um, you know, we tried to have guys, you know, um, lead the singing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many different treasures, uh, you know, we went through. Some would come and they would work and, uh, and then they'd have to leave because of business or something like that. Um, but trying to, again, like you said, let them be a part of it. Let them yeah. do it. Um, because, again, it's, it's got to be their church. Right, right. So now um, coming back to America, um, you're now pastoring a, an American church, uh, people more, more inclined to the culture that your, your frame of thinking is, is, is in line with. Um, what, was, what was your biggest challenge in making that cultural change coming into America? Um, well, the, I guess, you know, you have pace of life, mm-hmm. um, expectations. Um, you know, of course, Pastor Hill had been here for 42 years. So, you know, Pastor Hill had done, thi- done things a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're stepping in. And I, I remember... Um, I don't know, probably about a month or so, I, I, I was preaching messages on, I'm not Pastor Hill. <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm going to do things different. And I remember some, some people gave me some advice. They said, look, when you come in, you're following a guy that's been there for 42 years. Yeah. Don't make any changes. Yeah. You know, just, just don't make any changes because, you know, by doing that, it's almost like you're saying everything was always wrong. Right. And, and so we tried to not make any changes for that first year. Uh, that we were there, but at the same time, I still had to be me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, you know, just the, the expectations that were there, mm-hmm. um, you know, well, this is how Pastor Hill did it. Why aren't you doing it this way? Mm-hmm. Um, this is how Pastor Hill preached. You don't preach the same way that mm-hmm. Pastor Hill does, and, and I don't. Yeah. Um, but even just the, the, the pace of, of life, everybody's just so busy here. Yeah. Um, you know, in Uganda, you go and go to somebody's house, knock on their door you've never met, yeah. And they'll invite you in, and you'll sit in their house for three hours talking. Right. right. It's not that way here. Right. Um, I mean, everybody's just so busy with with work and with kids schooling and sports and, and all kinds of stuff. There's just a much busier life mm-hmm. than than there is, you know, in Africa. Yeah. And so even just trying to, um, you know, to navigate that and yeah. and figure out how to help people balance that as well, yeah. you know, because. Look, I, I know the job is important and the family's important, but there's got to be a balance between those things and mm-hmm. the church and spiritual things and helping them to grow in the Lord. Right. Um, and so, but again, the church just, man, um, we started going through, uh, taking some couples through discipleship mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, kind of very similar to how we did it in Uganda and just going uh, through discipleship with some couples and kind of growing them and then helping them to be able to grow others. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, 
you know, we have people that are going through discipleship uh, pretty much every week. Uh, people are meeting for discipleship. Uh, and, you know, as they go through those things, then, uh, you know, then we, we talk about church membership. Mm -hmm. uh, because, again, we want people to know who we are as a church, right. what, what we believe, what we stand for before they ever become members. Yeah. You know, we don't want them to join and be like, oh, I didn't know yeah. that you guys believe that. So we, yeah. we, we try to be upfront with everybody, um, you know, before they, you know, before they ever join mm -hmm. uh, the church and things. But um, I would say another thing that really, um, coming from Africa to America, that really frustrated uh, me was just the, the apathy. Mm. Um, not a lot of desire to be involved in the things of God, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you know, we come to church and we, we do church, but that's that's mm -hmm. kind of about it. Um, and so just, you know, I don't know, how do you help people to realize that, you know, there's more than just church. Right. Church, right. Is, church is on Sunday. That's the building. But church is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, be because life. you are the church right. and you're a Christian. Right. This is a life that you're supposed to live. Right. Um, and man, I'm telling you, our church is really, uh, it's grown. So um, what did you saved and things. what did you do after that initial year? Um, and and I remember sitting in this very room with uh, with Pastor Hill when he uh, when he took us on for support. His his desk was a different way than you yeah. have yours. And and uh, good man and uh, love the Lord. Yeah. Uh, remember meeting with him and his wife and both of them are in heaven today. Right. Um, but after that first year of, you know, getting acclimated and things, um, you know, the, the theme of this podcast is always abounding. And now we see that you've been here, how many years have you been here now? Ten. Ten years. Um, you're, you're getting ready to start a building program. Uh, you're, start, you're having to do two services on, on Sunday. You've doubled the, um, the uh, attendance of the, of the church in that time. A lot of pastors um, I've seen across the United States of America, they, they just get into a, a level of comfort where the church is operating the way it is and you know the bills are being paid, I'm being paid, and there's just not really a urgency, there's not a fire, there's not a burden to to abound there's not an there's not a burden to to go higher so so what is it andrew first of all that what what did you do to encourage your church to abound in the work of the lord but also secondly what what is it that what drives you to abound in the work of the lord um, well, so first of all, I think for the church, um, the first thing, the, one of the first changes that I made after being here for about a year was uh, we started a missions conference, mm -hmm. and then we uh, introduced Faith Promise missions to the church. Uh, the church had never done Faith Promise before. It was always just coming out of the general fund. Um, our church was a missions-giving church, but I, I really desired for our church to be a missions-minded church. Mm -hmm. um, and so... We, we started Faith Promise, and God began to bless through that. Every year, our Faith Promise began to grow. Um, I mean, we've been doing Faith Promise now for uh, nine years. And last year, which was our eighth year, this is our ninth year, but last year, um, we went from 
doing nothing to last year we gave over $100,000 in Faith Promise. Wow. Uh, and so our church has really gotten involved in missions. We've taken several missions trips. We've taken several back to Uganda. Mm -hmm. um, and they've been able to see the work there. They've been able to meet Pastor John and right. Michael and many of these other guys. Um, and so just giving them a vision for the world is it's greater than just Eaton. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are to be working here in Eaton and trying right. to reach people, but there's a world we have to reach for Christ. Yeah. Uh, so through missions and then in, through discipleship, I think that helps people to realize they can have an impact in someone else's life. So they can go through the discipleship and they can encourage somebody, they can help somebody mm -hmm. to grow. And then getting them involved in ministry. Um, I, I think, you know, I don't think you're... It's a you're a stranger to this as far as how you know when we were growing up we were always involved in ministry right. with with mom and dad whatever it was we were involved in it and the same thing getting people involved um, you know getting families involved uh, young people involved uh, a couple times a year we do a youth service where it's just the young people the teenagers they take over the entire Sunday night service they do mm -hmm. everything they do the preaching they do the singing they do the music they do the offering they do uh, everything mm. because we want the young people to know this isn't just mom and dad's church right it's their church no. um, every Sunday night uh, before we went to double services and had to change some things the young people would have an opportunity to get up on Sunday nights and quote scripture mm -hmm. that they had learned and things we just wanted them to be involved um, and, and be not just at church but be involved in the church. Right. So through missions, through getting families involved, um, and, and getting people involved in ministry, going out soul winning, um, we've done the, uh, of course, the American Gospel Project is another thing that we're doing. Uh, again, trying to realize we've got to reach more than just Eaton. Yeah. We want to get the Word of God into people's homes and mailing John and Romans into every home in specific counties so that they can get the Word of God. And through that, uh, people have contacted us that they've got the John and Romans, they've gotten saved, um, and we try to help them find a church in that area and mm -hmm. things. And uh, right now we have, we have um, Florida, uh, Alabama, Nebraska, California, Oregon, uh, Illinois, Tennessee. We have, seven, we have churches in seven states that are wanting to do the same thing, and they're mm -hmm. starting to um, get that same vision of trying to get the Word of God into every home in their and county. That's, that's putting a John and Romans in every mailbox, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's mailing them. Um, and so we mail them and it goes to every every home, every address in that county mm -hmm. um, gets a John and Romans. Mm -hmm. um, and so again, just trying to get the Word of God into people's lives. I know we think this is America and everybody knows who God is, but Eaton's a small town, yeah. you know. We're a rural community, maybe eight, ten thousand people, uh, and you can go downtown and you can walk the streets and you can meet people. Um, I remember my wife met somebody and she was talking to her a little bit, um, and she didn't even know what the Bible was, hmm. and she called it the Jesus Book. Hmm. Has no clue, you right. know, who Jesus is, what the Bible is, um, and yet. So I, I know we have a vision for world missions. And we need that, but we also need to have local missions as well, uh, and through through different avenues, means of trying to reach people with the gospel. So, um, personally, what what drives me um, is just there. There's all there's still more people that need to be saved, um, whether that's in Africa, whether that's through the radio ministry, through churches, through missionaries going, um, whether that's through 
um, door knocking, whether it's through the American Gospel Project, there's still people that need to be saved. And so as long as there's still people that need to know about Christ, I just can't sit and do nothing. Yeah. I, I, we've, I've got to find some way to try to reach them with the gospel. Mm. Um, I, uh, the idea that we took from the American Gospel Project was actually taken from uh, Brother Al Stone in Canada, who does the Canadian Gospel Project. Mm. And uh, he's almost put, he is almost, I would say within the next two years maybe, he will have put a John and Romans in every single home in the entire country mm. of Canada. Wow. Now, obviously, I know America's got a larger population yeah. than Canada, but why don't we start one state at a time, one county at a time, right. and get the Word of God into people's homes? Yeah. Um, and again, that's, that's something we can do local, and it's not that expensive. Um, yeah. It's very, very inexpensive. Um, but you know, there's, there's still people that need to know about Christ. And when I, when I came back, one of the things I asked the Lord, because again, I fought coming back, mm. and I said, Lord, if you're bringing me back then my desire is that through me coming back, I will be able to help others go. Yeah. And we have, we have a great youth group here, and we have many young men and young ladies who have a desire to be missionaries mm-hmm. uh, and want to go out to, to mission fields. Uh, and so I want to invest in them yeah. so that they can become the missionaries. Um, and you know, people ask me all the time, they say, well, you know, uh, have you ever thought about going back to the mission field? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and if God told me to go, man, I'd go. Yeah. Um, but I know right now this is where God has mm-hmm. me. Um, and so if I can invest in these young people and these families and help them to grow and help them to have a desire to reach others mm-hmm. and to be missionaries, then that's going to be more that are going to be able to go yeah. um, and, and keep reaching people with the gospel. Yeah. You know, I've pastors, and, and, and I realize this is not a blanket statement that I'm making here, but there are pastors who basically they've been raised in America, they've known nothing but pastor in America, and, and many times they, they have tunnel vision where they're just concentrating on, on building their church, keeping their church going. And one of the things that I appreciate about pastors who have been missionaries before they pastor is they, they have, it's like, you know, my pastor always has a statement, the field is the world. Mm-hmm. And and we've got to we've got to expand our vision and and I really believe Andrew that when we expand our vision and when we look for those opportunities to abound in the work of the Lord and getting the gospel to our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, the uttermost that that's the plan that's going all the way back to the beginning, right. and that's the plan that God had set up. And when we get back to that. Um, then I believe with all of my heart, and, and yeah, I believe we can see it in your church here, God is going to bless a ministry that promotes His plan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we can, we can develop churches with, with softball teams, and we can develop churches with leagues and, and drama programs. And, you know, and, and I've seen that happen, and it's, it's almost like many churches become a spiritual social club. Right. Yeah. But, but when you get a church that emphasizes, and I mean, Andrew, I've seen churches uh, down in, in, in Texas probably half the size of your church here. Uh, I don't even think they run 100 people. And, uh, and, and last year gave over 300,000 emissions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our church at Capital City, there's another church in Houston, there's another church up in 
Alaska that I know about that gave over a million dollars to missions last year. Mm -hmm. And you look at the churches, and it's not that the churches are filled with rich people. Right. It's just that God blesses churches that work His plan. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I've tried to teach our people in Uganda. We, we don't need to come up with another plan. We don't need to come up with another method. We need to get back to the way God intended his ministry to be propagated. And when we do that, God's blessings and provision is going to be on that ministry to accomplish that goal because God, more than anybody, wants His goal accomplished. Right. And, and He is going to fund and He is going to give the resources uh, that are necessary to get that done. And so, you know, I just, I encourage pastors, you know, get, get back to God's plan. It's, it's world evangelism. And it's, it's much more than just a local church. God intended the local church to reach the world for Christ. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so it's, it's just a blessing uh, to be able to see that done here. And it's just, it's an encouragement to me. And, and you know, I, I talked this with Dad and, and even with Matt uh, when we were on the same podcast. It's, it's just a blessing to be in a family uh, that has a, a heritage of, of preaching the gospel, of starting churches and, and doing what they can to reach the world for Christ. And, uh, and, and I just, I praise the Lord for what you're doing here and praise the Lord that God's using you uh, to, to reach. I, I, I don't envy your weather. Um, I, I, yeah, I was, it's, it's a little cold out right now and there's I, snow on the I ground. I just so. sent a video to my Ugandans of me chipping ice off of the driveway of my dad's house here in Ohio. And the, the pastor texted me back. He says, he says, I see you digging. What are you digging? <laughs> he didn't even know what ice and snow was. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I don't envy your weather, but uh, it is such a blessing to be, uh, to be a part. And, and I appreciate uh, the church here uh, supporting our ministry as well. Uh, financially with prayers and uh, and uh, just being a part of a ministry here that has has that world view has that uh, concept of reaching this world for Christ and I know yeah. that I know it's been difficult and I've thought uh, this last furlough I had uh, three churches that asked me you know if I would pray about coming back and pastor and and I you know, I, I had absolutely no leading of the Lord, mm -hmm. but even beyond that, it would have to be a real strong leading of yeah. the Lord. You know, once you get missions in your blood and once you're working with those people, it's just, I, I'm, a, I'm an American just like anybody else. I love my country. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you're, when you're around a, in, a, in a country where it, the, the fruit is ripe and, and people are willing to listen and people are willing to accept tracts and... Right. It's just, it's hard to come back to a country that we call a Christian country, mm -hmm. and, uh, and yet it is, uh, it's just so hardened to the gospel. It is, yeah. So. But there's, there's still a great need here, and I'm thankful for, for our church, and man, they have just, um, you know, any, anything that we have tried to come up with to try to reach people with the gospel, the church has just jumped behind. Yeah. Um, the, the American Gospel Project, you know, we have a, we have a homeschool co-op that we do uh, every Thursday. And we have a bunch of homeschool families that come in. We teach the Bible to. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, everything that, that we've done to try to reach people, the church has just jumped on board with. Um, and they get involved. Um, you know, it's just, 
And so it's, it's, it really is a blessing to, it's, it's an honor, it's a privilege to be the pastor of the church mm -hmm. here. We've got some great folks that just love the Lord and want to serve the Lord, and um, I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, I don't know what 10 years from now is going to bring. Mm -hmm. um, I told my wife the other day, I said, it seems like God uh, keeps working in 10-year increments in our life. <laughs> so, you know, we were 10 years in Uganda, and now we've been 10 years here. So I wonder what the next 10 years is going yeah. to be. So, um, But we're just excited about what the Lord's Amen. doing. Until He returns, we just want to keep serving Him and uh, being faithful to the Lord. And it is. It, it is a privilege to be, uh, you know, obviously it wasn't by choice or anything, but to be a privilege to be part of a family that has that heritage mm. of, of loving the Lord, dad, mom, you know, what we would kind of call first generation Christians. Right. And then to be able to see, um, you know, all of their children serving the Lord and then now the grandchildren serving the Lord. Mm. And um, now they have a great grandchild. I know. Yeah. She's not serving too much, but she's well, at least coming to church. That's right. Yeah, she is. You know, she's, <laughs> she's only six months, so give her some time, you know. But um, yeah. Oh. Well, let's be praying for uh, Andrew and, and the church here as they uh, looked at this building program. Uh, they're looking at uh, possibly getting a, a complex or a, a church uh, building that uh, will definitely meet their needs. I had the opportunity to go look at it uh, yesterday, and uh, I'm excited about that. So pray with them about that. Um, Andrew, just real quick, um, I know people do a lot of traveling and maybe they're passing through Ohio and uh, looking for a, a good church. Um, tell our listeners uh, where you are, how, how to get here uh, if, if they're traveling through southwestern Ohio. So if you are, uh, we are right on the Indiana-Ohio border, mm -hmm. uh, right just south of I-70. So if you're traveling I-70 east or west and you come to the Ohio-Indiana border, uh, you're about five minutes from us. And so we are the very first exit in Ohio, uh, if you're coming from Indiana, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, but we're the very first exit. It's called Eaton, E-A-T-O-N. It's a good Baptist name yes. there, Eaton. Eaton. Uh, Eaton, Ohio, and uh, First Baptist Church. And uh, right now, we've, we're have we on Maple Street, 1308 North Maple Street, right across from the big water tower and yes. the Little League fields. But we are praying that we will not be here much longer. Much longer. <laughs> Amen. Well, that'd be We're great. praying that we can get another building or piece of property or something like that. So, yeah. Amen. We'll be praying about that. Well, yeah. Andrew, thank you so much for uh, being on this podcast today. And I hope if you're listening out there that uh, you'll be praying for him and uh, First Baptist Church of Eaton. And I uh, pray that God will continue to use this church to reach uh, this community, uh, this part of the state of Ohio, and even around the world. Uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, there's very few things in life that we can know, but we can know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Don't forget, if you've not done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, anywhere there's a podcast platform, uh, we should be on there. And uh, just simply type in my name, Keith Stensis, or the name of the podcast, Always Abounding, and uh, subscribe to that. And every Friday, uh, we upload a new podcast for your enjoyment. And hopefully, it will encourage you uh, to always abound in the work of the Lord. So God bless you. Are you going to so... title? Are you going to title this one "Mom and Dad's Favorite Son Interview"? Wrong. No. No. You no. Sure? See, I was just about ready to give the benediction, and you <laughs> ruined it. <laughs>
<laughs> well, I mean, I had to get in there somewhere. Well, you know? I know that you are definitely the favorite son. Oh, I'm oh, not going to really? argue with that. No, wow, no, I did not I've know always that. known that. Oh, that, wow. That's why we hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did not uh, know you that. You always so, got yeah. your way growing up. Oh, so, okay. but I'm anyway, sure thank, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and uh, God bless you. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.